us pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts together be acceptable to you, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I'm going to start off by asking a couple questions. Don't worry, I'm going to answer them myself. <laughs> Why am I here? To worship God and to give him thanks. What am I thankful for? Well, a lot of things. Our Eucharistic liturgy includes a beautiful list from which I'll select a few reasons. We thank God for the breath of life, the gift of speech, and freedom to choose his way. Some of my friends whom I greatly respect are atheists or agnostics. They might say that I can be thankful for all those things without God being involved. It seems to me, however, that the verb to thank requires a direct object. You can't really be thankful without someone to whom you owe your thanks. I'm very thankful to my wonderful parents who most directly gave me life, in addition to raising me and nurturing me. And I'm thankful to my grandparents who raised and nurtured them. I suppose I could be thankful to every one of my ancestors all the way back to the very beginning of life. But whom do I thank for the existence of life? Whom do I thank for the existence of existence? For me, that person to whom I'm thankful is God the Father, the Creator. The gift of speech is truly marvelous when you think about it. Speech, language, and writing are how we can know some of the thoughts of our friends and neighbors, and even those distant ancestors who are no longer with us. Words are the means that I'm using right now to impart my thoughts to your minds. And scripture gives us even more wonders to ponder. In Genesis, we read that God spoke the world into being. In John's gospel, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. That we humans should be made in his image is something for which to be thankful. The person whom I thank is God the Son, the Logos, the Word made flesh. Freedom to choose is perhaps the most controversial of the gifts I've listed. Some have argued for a materialistic determinism, that everything we do is the process of physical processes following physical laws. One might also claim a theological determinism. If God knows what I'm going to do, then I have no free will to choose otherwise. I don't accept either of those propositions because it just doesn't make sense for me to act as if they were true. If I think, maybe I'm predestined to steal my neighbor's limited edition Rene Descartes bobblehead, and then I do it, I can't really pretend that I had no choice in the matter. So ironically, I have no choice but to believe in free will. Concerning the freedom to choose his way, though, how do we know his way? In his book, Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis discusses what he calls the law of nature. 
he means the sense of right and wrong that almost everybody accepts, but absolutely no one perfectly obeys. We know deep inside that it's not right to be selfish or cruel or dishonest. When our sinful nature causes us to transgress this law, we know that we have not chosen to exercise our free will as we ought to do. For this knowledge and for the ability to choose rightfully, I am thankful. And the person I thank is God the Spirit, the indwelling advocate of truth. The title of this sermon is Reason for Thankfulness, and it is also about thankfulness for reason. Reason is how we try to understand the universe. We've been at it for a very long time and still haven't quite got it, but we've sure picked up some remarkable ideas along the way. The church has not always had a congenial relationship with reason. People like Descartes and Galileo got in trouble when their reasoning led them outside the currently accepted ways of thinking. But a famous quotation from Galileo has been translated thusly. I do not feel obliged to believe that the same God who has endowed us with senses, reason, and intellect has intended us to forego their use. In the same letter defending his positions on astronomy, Galileo quotes St. Augustine. If anyone shall set the authority of holy writ against clear and manifest reason, he who does this knows not what he has undertaken. For he opposes to the truth, not the meaning of the Bible, which is beyond his comprehension, but rather his own interpretation. Even circa 400 AD, there were those who contrasted scientific knowledge with an overly literal interpretation of scripture. And Augustine dismisses such efforts as contrary to truth. So I stand with Augustine and Galileo and numerous other eminent persons when I claim that reason is a gift from God and need not conflict with our faith. I see reason and faith as actually being complementary rather than contradictory. You can't really have faith without reason or how would you know what it is in which you should have faith? You can't really act entirely on reason either. If you're able to conceive of the possibility that you are a part of some virtual reality matrix and everything you perceive is just a very convincing simulation, where do you go from there? You go by faith. So if your faith encourages you to do something that is contrary to reason, I won't tell you that your faith is wrong, because it might not be. And the knowledge of right and wrong is already within you. But I will ask that you permit your faith to listen to reason. Make certain that the one to whom you are being faithful is the one who is deserving of your faith. In case I'm not being clear enough, that one is certainly not you yourself. Likewise, if your reason causes you to have doubts, do not be dismayed. Your faith is not perfect because you yourself are not perfect, and neither should you expect your reasoning to be perfect. Nevertheless, you may with good reason continue to act in good faith. 
I'll finish with a story. There's an episode of the science fiction show Babylon 5 entitled Confessions and Lamentations. In this episode, Ambassador Delenn and her assistant Lanier have entered a quarantine area to help people who are threatened by a deadly disease. Delenn asks Lanier to find the mother of a lost girl somewhere among thousands of panicked people. When he looks around and plaintively asks, how? Delenn replies, faith manages. When the little girl is asked for her mother's name, she says, Mama? Lanier then fortifies himself for the effort by acknowledging faith manages. Reason might help him to find the mother of that little girl. Reason might help the doctors to find a cure for this disease. It might not. Faith is what put them there in the first place. Faith that acting with compassion is right and faith that even if they should die there, they will meet again in the place where no shadows fall. Faith manages. Let us pray. Lord, we give you thanks always and everywhere for all good things. We thank you for life, for speech, for freedom, for reason, and for faith. Help us to hold on to our thankfulness, even in the darkest of times. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen.